Climbers, you are about to hear from a true artist. He's a songwriter with cuts by folks like Ashley McBride, so you know he's legit. Record deals, you might have heard some of his stuff on the radio. Man, he's and I've gotten to write with him. He's a good hang, great writer. Today, we welcome to The Climb, Dan Smalley. Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you Create leverage in the music business. Leverage is the key in the new music business. You're not going to be plucked out of obscurity. The the big company isn't going to make it happen for you. You've got to make it happen for yourself. That's the bad news. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission. You just need to create leverage in the music business. C-L-I-M-B. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's a backstory from my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in the last 18 months in Southern Gospel, making miracles happen in so many different levels. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then ultimately get you connected to the pros with those mission-critical relationships that are going to get you to climb up the ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Look, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Johnny. Nashville Nights International Songwriter Festival 2021. We're going to get into this. And we hope you enjoy it. All right, Johnny D here from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. We are live from the Nashville Nights International Songwriting Sem- that one. That one. We're live from the Nashville Nights International Songwriters Festival. I'll get it out. It's easy for me to say. Uh, here in Odense, Denmark, and our guest right now is Mr. Dan Smalley. You're right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So let's start with um, how's Denmark treating you? Is this the first time? Yeah, I love Denmark. Denmark. I love Denmark. Um, okay. People here are amazing. Um, the the food and the uh, the scenery is amazing. The age of the place to me is something that I love. I love history and I love being it's able to come, yeah, come through a place and just see hundred year old buildings just hanging out, people refurbishing them and still living them in them, and um, it's comforting to see. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, the the compound that uh, that the we're in, in is yeah. from the 1600s. Yeah, man. And you're just like wow. We don't have that kind of history in America. They build stuff to last over here, don't they? <laughs> they really do. Man. You've had a couple shows already. Mm-hmm. And do you have any? Are you performing again today? Yeah, I'm do. I'm gonna do the second um, freak show at um, the Anarchist with Terry Joe and those guys, and fill in for our friend Barrett Baber that couldn't make it. That's right. That's right. I love Barrett, baby. Me too. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about what got you here? Blue Foley got me here. Um, 
in Denmark, uh, me and my wife and kids moved to Nashville in 2017. Mm-hmm. And before that, I started coming back and forth in 2015 and um, got hooked up with Blue and Terry Joe and Ashley and Trick and that whole group. And um, I, I just made my way in and made them hang out with me and write songs with me. And, um, and the same with everybody else in Nashville. And um, just started beating down doors. And um, by 2017, I was ready to just go ahead and move over here, or move to Nashville at least, and I had to talk my wife into it. And um, I brought her to Nashville for our anniversary in April of 2017. We were here by June. Okay. Yeah. So you made that you made quick work out of that. Yes, it grew on her quickly. Um, she saw the reception I was getting from people, and I would get up at the freak show, and Terry Joe would be like, "This is the best singer in Nashville." And my uh, wife's not, she didn't get to see that stuff from Louisiana, where we're from. And sure. So as soon as she saw the reception and kind of the 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 way that I was just appreciated in Nashville much more than my hometown. Um, Where in Louisiana, if I can ask? Well, it's Shreveport, and it's not that you're not appreciated. It's just that music isn't something that you follow as a career in Shreveport. If you're going to do it, you have to get out of Shreveport. It took me a long time to figure that out. That's true for for most cities, I think. Totally. Unless you're in Nashville. So my co-host for the podcast here who didn't make it, uh, who was supposed to come but didn't make it the last minute too, is Brent Baxter. Yeah. Do you know Brent? Yeah, we did a um, a song swap, not a swap, but uh, I believe I play um, for the, the pro event. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. That's right. So his, uh, you guys have a mutual friend in in Stigall. We do. Yeah, Keith is my publisher. He was, um, I consider him a mentor, um, a confidant, one of my um, closest advisors as far as the music business goes. Um, I trust him with anything and everything I do. Um, but he was one of the first people in town to really open up his doors and say, come on, come right. Um, we'll put you with all my, all our writers. Um, and we believe in you. I love that. So a couple nights ago, I saw you perform for the first time and you had this great story about the song Okay, that uh, Keith kept saying, man, play that song again. Would you, would you want to share that? On if this? I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah I think I, the story about how that worked though mm-hmm. was, you know, that I think that's part of what makes Nashville nights festival. So interesting is because you get to meet the artists and you get to meet the songwriters and you get to hear like what was happening, how that song came together okay. and then what that song did for them and, and how it got cut and all that. So can I get you to say it? Can I get you to kind of yeah, recontour um, that? Of course. Tour? The, um, so it was, we moved from Shreveport to Murfreesboro in 2017. And in 2018, I was just searching for a place closer to town because Murfreesboro was not cutting it with the traffic. I feel, like, I feel like every artist that I talk to that moves uh, to Nashville, like start first, Murfreesboro. They, they go start or Antioch, yeah. Yeah, it's like a stepping stone into the city. Well, we had, I feel like we were just, I was trying to make sure that we were going to be able to fit in and make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't about to commit to a spot in Davidson County um, until that happened. I got you. Um, but after being there for a year, it was pretty um, apparent that I was probably going to keep my job as a songwriter. So I needed to get closer to Music Row. Uh, but trying to find a um, school district in Nashville, a public school district in Nashville, in Davidson County, was a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So we ended up, I ended up finding this duplex that was just like $500 under market value in Green Hills. Nice. It was totally promoted the wrong way. It was like promoted as a two bedroom, one bath with no pictures. And it's actually two bedroom, two bath with it's two stories with like a finished basement. Oh, sweet. So I jumped on them as quickly as possible. 
Um, and we all moved, or I, I started moving in. Actually, it was a month before our lease was up. So, okay. so I had time to kind of um, start transitioning furniture and things into the house without just buying a U-Haul, <laughs> um, which is what I did. It made it cheaper. But uh, <laughs> getting there, all I had in this finished basement was like a couple lawn chairs and a box that we used for a table when we were supposed to write this day. And I was like, guys, I got stuff to do. If you don't mind coming over to this house that we're moving into, um, I don't have anything, but I'll make sure we have water and stuff. And, <clears throat> and I had this idea going, and it was just the, the hook and a bunch of really self-deprecating um, lines about how big of a piece of shit I am, <laughs> um, or how big of a piece of shit I think I am, excuse my language. Mm. Um, and I'm sure people can relate to that in, yeah. in certain aspects as far as um, what level or what um, level of expectations you might hold for yourself, and, um, yeah. and whether or not you're meeting those or not. And, yeah. um, so if I'm being honest, came from a just a real place of me trying to get down to what I was doing wrong and and what I was doing right and what I felt like um, mattered and what I felt like might relate to other people and it was not the right direction um, when I had the the when I sat back and looked at it and um, so I brought the idea in and. I remember just laying it out here. I got this, and I got these lines. I got this idea, and it was Davis Corley and Mark Addison Chandler, and um, and they were like, "Yes, great idea. We need to fix it, but great idea." And um, which is why you walk into a co-write. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is why I started coming to Nashville is because I write songs, knowing that most of the time I'm falling a little bit short, and I could probably use a little bit of help. And um, as soon as I got to Nashville, I figured that out. Let me represent and ask you. So what's your strength, do you figure, as a songwriter, lyric or melody? If there's one that's stronger than the other, are they both equal for you? I would say they're both equal. Not saying I'm great at either one of them, but saying that um, they both tend to come. um, I don't necessarily control that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If if that makes sense feels like it's coming from a different place most of the time. Um, but um, co-writing to me, um, it's just when you get more minds on an idea, in my opinion, um, just the back and forth of talking about the idea, that's where the, the, the gold comes from. Man. That's where those little yeah. nuggets of genius come from. It, it worked. The reason I asked that was I've worked with a couple of artists that um, – a buddy of mine, Chris Malk, that I produced like three EPs for him in L.A. when I lived out mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And he's that guy that has the golden voice, mm-hmm. you know, touched by God right before he came out. And since he could be making people cry, mm-hmm. singing the phone book since he was three, right. there's a, a sort of correlation that I see. It's not always true. It's a generalization to be sure. But it, his writing, lyrically, was a more vague. It totally. wasn't anywhere is good or is, is special to be, yeah. as his voice and, totally and the way that he could, you know, emote and, mm-hmm. and make you feel something musically. But he was always self-contained, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, no he, he had never done a co Yeah, I get it. So we flew out to Nashville to mix mm-hmm. a project that we did, and I put him in a co-write, mm-hmm. you know? I put him in with um, Anthony Oreo and Matt Klein. Yeah. And... Uh, and he was just a little messed up kind of going in there, like mentally, like, I don't know how I feel about this. You know what I mean? And he came out and he still was just like, I don't know. 
I, I, man, you know, like it was like the window was open. My butt hurts. My back is sticky. I I'm not sure what happened. I mean, flew home, wasn't sure about it. And then fast forward to a year later, like I moved him out to Nashville and we were roommates. And then the transformation of him just skipping home, like, bro, you are not going to believe what we wrote today, you know, where he just embraced that and was like, God, when I, when I get in that room with more minds, like you totally. said, yeah. it just takes it to another place. So I love that story. But all right, so go on with this story because this is uh, fantastic. Um, so I remember Davis walking outside like he does um, and lighting a cigarette, just dancing around. And before he before he did, he had this little. Um, I was kind of playing it in C, and I, I had no picking thing. And he did something that set off something in my head. Mm -hmm. And it's not the, the picking pattern that you hear now, but it was something I feel that, that was really close. And then I just started playing it the way that I play it now. Um, that was just the melody that came out at the time. And nice. when that happened, I was kind of just messing with him, playing around, and he was outside smoking a cigarette, and he walked back in. And he just kind of just like, what if it was, you know what I mean? If I'm being honest, what you see ain't what you get voice that I put out there ain't the one that's in my head. <clears throat> I was like, and he kept on going on with something else that we, I don't, I don't think we ended up using, but the fact that he walked in with that line that struck me straight to the heart of yeah. like what I felt like I, I or like who I feel like I am. It was like, yeah, that's it. And then we took off and, um, and that's the opening line. And that's the, the opening song, line in the song. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Totally. Yeah. And, <clears throat> And when that happened, it, it was like a spark went off in all of our heads, and and it fit perfectly with the music, and we all just like, well, yeah, yeah, this is the right, we're going in the right direction, um, right? Like, so you're saying like the the curtains match the curb, uh, the curtains match the carpeting in terms <laughs> of the music and the lyric, it all it felt cohesive, it felt, it felt perfect, perfect, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And um, that's always what I'm going for, um, something that just feels naturally made and together, like we didn't really work too hard on it. Um, the sign of true craftsmanship, folks. <laughs> when it sounds like it's so easy to write, but it ain't. <laughs> we spent hours on it. Yeah. And I myself spent hours on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where I'd spent days, you know, just with the idea, not, not 24 hours a day, but just going back and looking at it and just writing more lines and throwing them out and writing more. And then, so I had, in my head, I'd worked out what didn't work, yeah. <laughs> what I didn't want to say. Figured out a thousand ways not right. to make a light bulb. Exactly. <laughs> so I knew exactly what I did not want to say. <laughs> and so we just kept digging at what I, I, what I did want to say. And um, I remember when we, when he got to the, when we got to the chorus, it was another one of those Davis moments where he walked back in from a cigarette. He said, uh, he said, truth is, I'm more broomstick side between cowboy and a kid. And I'm most of the time just shooting from the hip. And then he went off on something else, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, are you just like, hold on, and trying to write that down? Or y'all just no, kind of remember it no, and play just kinda, with it? And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a phone guy, so I'll type lyrics while somebody else is spitting them out just to make sure we don't lose them, like, right. especially if it's great. Um, but the um, truth is, I'm more broomstick sides between cowboy and a kid. I was like, I totally understand that too. If he was like hitting on every aspect of me and and who I feel like I am, and uh, I don't know if he was doing it intentionally, but the way it all came out was perfect for me. I felt like it was meant to be. Um, 
And and so I just took off on that melody. And truth is, I'm on broomsticks. Well, if it was that, and I was like, but then it needs to say, and truth is, I'm most of the time just shooting from the hip. Um, so I tell and the, tell folks, I moved on from the ghost locked in my closet because it's just easier to lie if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, no, because truth is, it's just easier to lie. If I'm being honest. So truth is, truth yeah, is, yeah, yeah, truth yeah. Is. Songwriter, yeah, yeah. Boom. And when we finished it, we, we all got the, the goosebump thing. It was like, yes, this is it. <laughs> and so um, I just remember turning it in and thinking, wow. And it was just an acoustic, um, just acoustic work tape. You know, that we- Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And the kind of song that, uh, I mean, that's all it needed. It, you know, yeah. th- that's going to sell the song. Now, some day, songs you got to have that groove mm-hmm. th- to sell it. But that's, I mean, th- th- so strong melodically, so strong lyrically, so beautiful. That's all. It just, you don't need any, anything else you put on. It's going to be window dressing, but it ain't going to help it. It's already there. And who, you better, know who better to do that than Keith Stegall? That's right. To make those choices. <laughs> But as soon as I turned it into to him, to a guy who wrote "I Hate Everything" mm. and my fifty other huge produced Alan Jackson, produced, yeah, I, I mean he got Brent's song cut, he got Monday Morning Church cut. Exactly. You know that wasn't that would that was him, not a publisher. Or anything Keith like that. is a song person. Yeah, Keith is yeah. one of the best in town that we still have, in my opinion. And um, when he when I turned it in, he wrote me an email and said, "This is the best song I heard all year." And uh, granted, it was only like May, so I was like, "All right, <laughs> we still got some months to go." <laughs> I was like, "I'll take it." <laughs> but that had to be like a whole heap and help and a job satisfaction, right there, sir. Oh, it was. Uh, um, yes, it was a stamp of approval from, yeah. from somebody you from really Keith respect. Degall. Yeah. From <laughs> so um, I, I shot a text to the guys. I was like, "Hey, Keith really likes this one," and so I had a um, showcase coming up about a month later. I think it was June or July. And um, before I played, Keith was like, hey, play that song, that If I'm Being Honest song, for your um, showcase. 
I was like, all right, um, we don't have like a recording of it. I'll just have to do it acoustically. That's fine. I'll just do that. Yep. So I put it in the middle of the set, told the guys to chill out and just played it. And um, it got a really, really great reaction. And somebody from Big Machine was there at the time. And um, she sent a video to Scott Borchetta. And I had a, it was a Wednesday. I had a meeting Friday. And I wow. walked in and he said, let's do this together. And um, so um, with no management and no uh, real understanding of what the hell I was actually doing, I signed a big old record deal in 2018, um, September. And, um, wow. and then we put out. Were you freaking out? Yeah. I mean, like on a lot of different levels. Number one, like, this is awesome. And number two, like, I don't know. Doing. Like, it was fighting. And number three, I'm truth is I'm shooting from the hip here. Exactly. That's, <laughs> you get that imposter syndrome. Yeah, man. And that's real. I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's part real. of you doesn't want to do it. Part of you wants to say like, no, I don't want you to have control over me. You know what I mean? And yeah. the other part of me that is older and wiser came to Nashville to do that, to play ball, to yeah. to create a team that believes in me and and knows what they're doing because I know nothing about the music business. Um, all I know how to do is sing, play, write a little bit. Now that I've I've gotten into good camps that with good writers, um, I feel like I'm getting better at it. And um, so the business side of it is still something that I'm I'm trying to um, rely on my team for. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily, after I signed um, the record deal, the management part of the the equation was the next piece. Is um, I already had a great attorney, and she introduced me to most of the managers in Nashville. And when I met Gary Borman, I was pretty sure I, I was I would be happy to work with this guy. We felt I felt like he was um, no bullshit, and he would shoot me straight. And uh, he has ever since then. And uh, we were lucky enough to put out, if I'm being honest, on an EP with Big Machine at the beginning of March 2020, and. Um, Oh, damn. Yeah, it was just one of those um, instances where, and I've had a few of these in my life where God was just like, mm, no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah, you know, uh, hold on. Percolate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and when instances like that happen nowadays, um, I tend to sit back and reflect a little bit and, um, and just keep my spirits high and keep my head up and just keep going and keep doing Did he used to wind you up? Did it what? Did it used to wind you up? Um, when things wouldn't go right in life? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that can eat at anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As long as I've been doing stuff and getting in and out of trouble um, and now staying out of it for as long as I have. Congrats. I feel like even when you're staying out of trouble and when you're not doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing, the universe is still going to shit on you every once in a while. And and the hills and the valleys um, are never going to stop. And yeah. you just have to figure out how to ride them and stay as happy as you possibly can. <laughs> Sage advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always interesting to find out the arc on that. You know, I think when I was a young artist, I was, I was wound up, really wound up, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm 21. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wound up as tight as you can be. You know? And if I showed up in Nashville at 21, I would have got run out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Allman Brothers brought my band from Wisconsin down to Florida, and that's kind of where we got uh, our teeth oh cut. Because, and if you would have asked me on the way down to Florida, I would have told you, we are just right around the corner from being on MTV. That's right. And then, uh, and of course, you can imagine we had a boatload of access to the Allman Brothers on the first day. We're walking in there doing demos, 
at our producer's studio and there's there's Warren Haynes and I just was like we are so fucked. <laughs> we, what are we doing? We here? suck. Like I don't know how who we bullshitted to get in here, but we need to pack this shit up and go home and, and push a broom. Like what is that? So it's um it, it's that fear, but it's courage. It's courage. It's the courage to move forward in the face yeah, of fear and not be um uh, a sabotage, a self sabotage, totally, and yeah. everything like that. So when I meet artists, like when I meet anybody that has a story, everybody's got a story, and and they push through and they're on that other side. I mean, that is um, well, it's just mad respect. I mean, your balls right, Chaka. You know what I mean? Thank like you, you got to do it that way, dude. There's no other way. You know? That's correct. And so uh, that is cool, man. So what's after this? Now you head back uh, to the states. Are you got you got road dates set up? What what happens next for you? Um, I believe I'm going to Arizona in October. Um, there's a benefit in October too. Is it September? Yeah. Uh, my little girl's birthday um, is in October. My mama's birthday is the day we get back. Okay. Um, I have some. Um, the twenty first. Yeah, we're about to dive into the studio again and um, get rocking on this project for, for this new label. <clears throat> when did you switch? It was uh, in the middle of COVID. Okay. Right around September. Okay. Um, of 2020. And um, it was just one of those creative differences situations. Um, you know, you get to town and you're the new hot uh, item. You're, mm-hmm. the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the Johnny Hot Sauce. You're the new guy. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and everybody wants to meet you because somebody else has met you and they haven't yet. And so I'd, I've been through every major record label in town after the first three or four months I was in town just because of my connection to Keith Stegall and Jenny Johnson over there she took me into every every label and introduced me to the head of the labels yes. and um, I was passed on probably by every one of them except I hadn't met Scott Borchetta yet <laughs> um, I hadn't been to um, Broken Bow uh, honestly I hadn't been to a couple of the labels mm-hmm. um, but I'd been to all the majors Okay, and yeah. it was one of those things where I wasn't getting any action. And so when this um, big machine thing came around, I was just like, yeah, jump on this. Yeah. That's a good first lily pad. Yeah. Come on. And at the same time, um, it was before I had really um, grounded and and set into place what I want to do and who I am and what sound I'm going for and and what attitude I'm Well, you're still kind of figuring that out, right? I mean, for most artists, I I think the third record is when they... Uh, I keep really hearing that. I keep hearing it's a ten-year town too. And I mean, I mean, well, coming, you, coming you into blew year that five. right the hell out of the water, sir. Coming into year five, God I still feels you. like a ten-year town. To be honest with you, <laughs> I still feel like I'm just barely climbing. To be honest with you. Um, well, you know what? I mean, I think the humility in that though is good, and that's what's going to get you where you need to I go. Like, so. I feel good things from you being able to hang out with Thank you, you and, and get you. to know you a little bit in this crowd. It's been a pleasure, and Thank and you, and I really like you got your head on straight. And took a minute. Um, I love it. You know, I got knocked around a few times, but uh, <laughs> haven't we all? I think it's sitting straight now. <laughs> I can promise you're going to get knocked around some more. But Definitely. a man knows how to get back up on a horse. That's right. Is, is a man that's going to get across the desert. You know what I mean? And find more. Sure. And, and it's going to take a lot more than music 
industry take me down. That's right. And you know what? We have to have that interview sometime. Too. I know you've got to run. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other Oprah right there. All right, guys. Johnny D from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. It's at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. We're live from the Nashville Knights International Songwriters Festival here in Odense, Denmark. Odense. Odense, yeah, that's right. Odense. Odense. We're trying to get better at pronouncing that. Dan Smalley, thank you so much. Thank you, And uh, pleasure, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate you. All right, well, that's killer interview there, man. This guy's a real artist, bro. Like, like mm-hmm. a real artist. Like, you see, like, his new stuff now is incredible. I mean, if I'm being honest with this first big hit, yep. it came out right during the pandemic. Bless his heart. Like, <laughs> Yeah, not good for anybody, but... I mean, song. you got work all that. You do all that work. You get the deal. You get the big single with the big, huge song. And that yeah. is a big, huge song. Yeah. And then, oh my God, like <laughs> the pandemic hits you. You're like, wait, what? This is yeah. ridiculous. It's like you do all that training so, to become an astronaut and they scrub the mission. You're like, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's so terrible, man. Or like, yeah, like the guy in Apollo 13 who was supposed to go up and then he got sick. And then he wasn't even really sick. Yeah. Right? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Total bummer, right? But uh, uh played a major role in being able to get those guys home because he was so smart with all those systems. I think it was his solution. That's right, so, he was. That's not right. for nothing, guy works in mysterious ways and the universe is always as it should be, right? <laughs> so uh, send your questions in for the twenty twenty two National Knights International Songwriting Festival. We're going to be inter- we're going to be interviewing live on stage uh, uh, two handfuls of hit songwriters. Mm-hmm. What do you want to know from them? All right, hit us up. Respond to the emails or send them to info at daredevilproduction.com and put songwriter questions in the subject line, and we will ask them for you. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing, and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 